I'm Keaton Fletcher, an assistant professor of psychology at the Georgia Institute of Technology. And this is Healthy Work. Hey, Mariana. Hey, Keaton. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Hanging in there. How are you? Samesies, samesies. I can't believe it's already almost the beginning of the semester. <sighs> Things are going to pick up. And the beginning of your time as a parent to a child on this side of <laughs> birth. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting I'm getting super excited. It is very surreal. I mean, it's, it's at that stage where it's like it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be two weeks from now. So we will see. But yeah, definitely the summer flew by. And, you know, everyone in my in my office is trying to get in their last minute vacations. And I'm sure you're you're prepping in the midst of it, so kind of a, a wild time for all of us, but we'll get through. We'll get through. I have a question for you. I'm that ready. I don't think it's going to help you get through, but it's just a question. <laughs> um, have you ever been part of a company or even like a group that really cares about health and well-being? Yes, absolutely. What was your experience? You know, obviously I am a paid actor, but, <laughs> but my current company is, I, I think, you know, speaking of maternity leave and in that transition, that major transition that's coming up for me, uh, my current company is incredibly supportive of of health and wellness. They really, really value employees' well being. So they have a generous maternity leave policy compared to other companies. Of course, you know the U.S. needs better leave, better policies around leave. Well, actually, any policies around leave, paid leave. That is, they're very supportive. They generally try to afford employees lots of flexibility. They emphasize wellness and they have resources related to wellness. There's lots of inclusion networks and resources for employees. There's on-site gym facilities. There are workshops our health and wellness department offers. It just It's not just what they offer. It's, it's that the culture really supports wellness you know so if someone's sick Mm -hmm. it's not even a question it's like what are you doing here i actually i went into the office um two weeks ago and you know obviously i was 37 weeks pregnant i just mentioned to a coworker who's a lot more senior than me i'm like my back hurts she was like go home and then like she was like hey like mariana's here and her back hurts to like another coworker. they're like go home (laughs) so literally they sent me home because that's just the culture so it's cultural it's resource-based it's at all levels of the org. That was long, but I really love my company, if you can't tell. <laughs> oh, that's great. And that sounds lovely. And it should be long. I think that there are a lot of different facets to organizations supporting employee health and well-being. And so to just like have a very short answer, I think, doesn't do it justice. I similarly... The organization I'm joining also very much values health and well-being. I, I obviously like haven't even officially started, but I have a meeting on the books for the day before my birthday, and it's an all-day meeting, and we're going to be doing it at like um uh, uh, like a, a mountain. We're doing it at a mountain because we're in Colorado, and we're going to break halfway through and do a hike as a group and then come back. And I think that is just like symbolic. And they said too that like you, you know, if people are at work and it's like past 5 p.m., they're, you know, the other faculty are like, what are you doing here? Go home. You have a family (laughs) or like you have hobbies that aren't work, like go home. So that's uh, very encouraging. 
Okay, so that's awesome. I'm glad that we're both very happy <laughs> and healthy. Um, I have a paper for you recently published by Suki Zhang, Ho Kwan Chung, and Mike Ford that looks at how feeling like your organization values health and well-being can impact your sleep. Ta-da! Ooh. This was a study of over 400 people looking at what they called perceived workplace health climate, or what I call feeling like your company and those in it care about health and well-being, right? Because like normally in IO psychology, for those IO psych geeks out there, we talk about like health climate as like sort of a group level variable, but we're really talking about perceived workplace health climate. So it's like, do you feel like we as a group care, right? So this is about that individual's perspective. And I'm going to like do my best to not keep saying perceived workplace health climate, but just know that that's the variable. They found that people who felt like their company valued health and well-being were less likely to feel exhaustion. And exhaustion in this study isn't just being tired. It's a component of burnout that captures just feeling worn out, run down, and weary because of work. So like that bone deep, I'm just like, I can't do this anymore, exhausted because of work. So if your company values health and well-being, you have less exhaustion. Cool. Then... If you have less exhaustion, that meant you were less likely to have insomnia symptoms, meaning, drumroll please, that companies that value health and well-being can reduce your chances of insomnia symptoms by reducing your experiences of feeling exhausted and burnout. Hooray! Right? Like That is fantastic. That's great. That's what we want, and it's about your feelings. And so, like, if you feel like your company has this culture, then you're less likely to have insomnia symptoms. That's awesome. But that's not the end of the story, because if it were... We probably wouldn't be talking about it. The authors looked at whether this relationship holds or is the same for people of all body sizes. And they use BMI, the body mass index, which has a lot of issues, right? It's ranging from like a racist past to not being useful on an individual level to not actually measuring something specific. So background on the BMI, your BMI is your weight in pounds divided by your height in inches squared times 703. So it's, like, it's an arbitrary number, right? That's at its core a ratio of your height to weight. But it's not like an actual measure of body fat or whatever, which is why it's like not super useful at an individual level. There are historical epidemiological cutoffs. So anything, if your BMI is 18.5 or less, you're underweight. If it's 18.5 to 24.9, that's considered normal weight. 25 to 29.9 is overweight. And 30 or higher is obese, right? So fun fact about like one anecdotal piece of uh, evidence why this is not useful at an individual level. I am obese by this calculator. It's ridiculous. My BMI is 30.5 and just about always has been plus or minus one. And like I I don't think I have a lot of body fat. I think I'm chilling at like 20%, something like that. Anyways, so it's not a super useful tool at the individual level. There's a really great podcast on it that does it a lot more justice than we will hear by maintenance phase. And I'll make sure that there's a link to that podcast in the show notes. But the BMI is a very quick and dirty, easy way to get at something that correlates decently-ish with other measures like body fat. And at the population level, it is predictive of a range of outcomes. So, like, there is still some, you know, practical value in using it because it's just so easy, right? All you need is someone's height and weight. And, like, I've used it in my studies before where I just have archival data that was collected. But now, like, you know, if I've got people in the lab, I try to do different measures. I try to get hip-to-waist ratio or calculate body fat based on, like, the Army-Navy formulas. You take different measures of different parts of the body. There's a formula out there. But, like, for epidemiological levels, if you're just doing an online study... 
it's okay-ish. Like, it has issues, but, like, it kind of gets at what you kind of want. Like, But, you you know, caveats, big asterisk, grain of salt here. Mm. Cool? Yes. Yes. I okay. completely agree. I cannot believe you're obese, according to BMI. But also, yes, for all the reasons you mentioned, giant, giant grain of salt. Okay. So appropriate caveats in place. This study finds that perceiving that your company values health and well-being is actually less helpful in reducing exhaustion and, therefore, insomnia symptoms for people who are in that obese category of BMI. Um, You know, the authors suggest that this may be because of feelings of alienation or judgment or misfit. Again, Maintenance Phase, that podcast I mentioned before, also has another episode on workplace health interventions that focus largely on weight and like reducing weight and how alienating that can be for people who are higher body fat. And so, you know, they, they don't dive into that the mechanisms there. They don't dive into why this is the case, just finding that this is less effective, right? That perceiving that your company values health and well-being uh, or has a culture or climate around health and well-being is less effective for people who are in this obese category, according to BMI. Now, you know, it should be noted that um, it wasn't like health climate was harmful in this study for people that were high in BMI. Um, It was just that there was no relationship, right? It just wasn't helpful. And so it seems like on the whole at least with the variables measured in this study, still more good than bad, but just not equally good for everyone. And that's the study. That is so interesting. Um, it's just a very interesting way of thinking about the company level, right? And then also some individual health factors that could play a role. Um, what surprised you the most? You know, this wasn't actually in like the main body of the study. It was like a weird side thing, but um, it surprised me that they also found that women just trait level were higher in this exhaustion component. And it shouldn't have surprised me. It shouldn't have surprised me. I should have known this, but I saw that. I was like, oh, wow, that is like there's this gendered component too going on. That's like not explored. It wasn't the target of this, but like there's something going on there, you know? And I I think I could have been surprised by the BMI moderation here that it changed that relationship. But like, obviously I've been listening to maintenance phase mostly because Kim listens to maintenance phase. Um, (laughs) And so like I was privy, I'm privy to the the discourse around that. And so I wasn't surprised, but I could see how other people would be surprised by that. (laughs) Yeah, very very fair. And yeah, that, you know, you can just imagine that, you know, we know, you know, men operate in two domains too, right? But of course, like, men's participation both the means is it matching women's that's my immediate instinct right there's something going on with you know work and home hours and sort of the additional burden that women experience possibly factoring into the exhaustion that's my uh, untested assertion so i'm here for it that's why we're scientists so we can test it <laughs> yeah exactly so if i'm a manager what should i take away from this I think there are two things, you know, first and foremost, do what you can to create that um, perception of a healthy work climate, right? Like this is, you know, again, the study didn't find negative outcomes. It just found good outcomes, just not equally good outcomes. And so um, if you can make it clear that we value health and well-being and holistically health and well-being, not just we value being thin and fit, but we value mental health and physiological health and well-being, right? Like we want you to be healthy, not just fit an ideal body type. That's going to be helpful. But then also recognizing that there are limitations to this, that these are not one size fits all and that um, other people might need additional supports or different kinds of supports. What those are, I don't really know, right? I don't know if we have data that could suggest what are the best interventions for people who are 
high in BMI, right? Um, to make them feel included in, in, you know, as part of this climate and culture. Like one example might be if you are planning a hike as part of a workplace meeting, thinking about like if it's accessible to everyone in your work team, right? Like it does obviously signal that it's health and well-being oriented, but like is the person that is, uh, you know, got a higher body fat percentage, like are they going to have a harder time on the hike? Not necessarily, but maybe, right? Checking in with people like would you want to do this? I think it might be, you know, one of the pieces of um, advice here of making sure that your interventions are a little bit tailored uh, and that you're checking with people to see if it is inclusive to everyone. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Because even when I was answering your question about health and wellness, I mentioned, you know, fitness and exercise classes, right? There is this very pernicious and oftentimes unconscious sort of fat phobia that can sort of be an undercurrent of discussions of health and wellness, not from anyone meaning anything bad. But, um, you know, we've talked about all the reasons in which, you know, BMI might not fully reflect the whole story and and think and realizing that health and wellness goes beyond the physical. It goes beyond, you know, the traditional medical physiological indicators we use. And uh, we can think about health in a lot of ways um, and in ways that are more inclusive. I love that. Awesome. Me too. Well, thanks, Mariana. Thank you, Keaton. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Healthy Work is a podcast written and produced by Keaton Fletcher and Mariana Arvon, mixed and edited by Keaton Fletcher, artwork by Keaton Fletcher, and our music is Zero Micro Song by Steve Combs. Please like us, follow us, and subscribe on whatever podcatching software you use, and leave a review in the iTunes store. It really does help get us out there. 